Our scripture today is from Acts, the second chapter, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all those who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judah and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pomphylia, Egypt and the parts of Liberia, near Serena, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts of Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up, with the 11 and raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet of Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Well, this morning, I want to take just a moment of personal privilege to let you know a little bit about um, our altar this morning. Our altar designs throughout uh, this year have come um, from Eileen Rice. Her creativity has blessed us um, throughout the holy days. And just want to point out the altar to you as it represents Pentecost as well as uh, the pink rose on the altar. Uh, that signifies the baptism that we had in our 9 a.m. service this morning um, for Nora Jacobs. Uh, we're excited to welcome her into the family 
family of God. Uh, Nora is the granddaughter of Steve and Denise Lynch, um, who many of you know from the lectionary class and from our can-do and backpack buddy feeding ministries. They're very active in our church, and we're excited um, for their granddaughter and, uh, and excited that she's a part of our fellowship here at Pittman Park. Well, it's Memorial Day weekend, an annual holiday where we remember and celebrate those who have died serving their country. This is an annual ritual of remembrance, one that we will celebrate more fully next Sunday with the placing of a memorial wreath at the 11 a.m. service. Perhaps you are observing the holiday this weekend and you're joining us online. Thank you for being with us. And maybe you have an annual ritual that goes along with Memorial Day. Some of you will surely go and visit the graves of loved ones. Maybe you have a traditional meal, or perhaps even take a pilgrimage to the beach or to the lake for the unofficial start of summer, which has been unsuccessful thus far, right? Like, none of us went to the beach yesterday. God bless you if you did. The unofficial start of summer has uh, evaded us thus far. For my family growing up, uh, we always went out on the boat to Osobal or to St. Catherine's Island on Memorial Day weekend. We grilled hamburgers and hot dogs on the beach, and we ate watermelon with our neighbors and our friends who went out there in the boat with us. We'd float in the water by the boats and occasionally attempt to drown a shrimp while hoping to catch something to carry home for dinner. Year after year, our Memorial Day festivities began at Kilkenny Marina talking to Robert and Danny and concluded with a sunburn and new memories with our family and with our friends. Annual holidays are like that, aren't they? They sort of develop their own routine and their own sort of rhythm. You know what to expect on holidays. Sometimes there are small variations, but when it's Memorial Day or, or Christmas or Easter or the 4th of July, we all have our routine, typical ways of celebrating, don't we? We tend to gather with the same people year after year. And maybe we have traditional outfits that we wear each year, the old Navy American flag t-shirt that we all have and have had since 1997. <laughs> for Christmas, maybe it's that tacky sweater that you pull out of the closet for the Christmas parties. Or maybe for Easter, it's a new dress or a new suit. Every year, we tend to make the same kind of foods for the holidays, main meal, ham or roast turkey or a rib roast, or maybe it's burgers and brats on the grill. Some years, we say we might try something different. But let's be honest, nobody wants you to do that. Am I right? Nobody wants you to experiment with the potato salad on Memorial Day weekend. Nobody wants to try the new recipe, lest you are talked about for the next 364 days. We want things to be normal. We want things to have a rhythm and a routine. We want to do the same gathering year after year after year because that's what makes those moments special, isn't it? 2,000 years ago, Jews gathered in Jerusalem for the annual holiday known as Shavuot. It had been seven weeks since the Passover. The 50th day since the Passover was called Pentecost. The Pente part refers to the number five. This is when the people of Israel had always celebrated the conclusion of the Feast of Weeks as the wheat harvest got rolling and the first loaves of bread from that season's crop were baked. It was harvest time, and there were certain ways to celebrate it. The same way every year. 
the same way year after year. Except on that one Pentecost in Jerusalem, the one that you heard about this morning, when something totally unexpected happened, the predictability of the routine, traditions, rituals, and meals shared with family and friends was interrupted by a violent wind and a ball of flame that split into individual tongues of fire. The tongues then dispersed and floated in midair before settling on the heads of a group of men who were holed up inside of a house. The violent wind and flame caused an uproar in the city and soon crowds gathered in the streets to see what was happening, what was going on. Who were these men? What was that? Folks could tell based on the way these men dressed that these 10 or 11 guys were commoners from the region around Galilee. They were fishermen, blue-collar folk, and their friends were from the outskirts of town. Their voices were colored by that country twang that always seems to give them away. Except for now. Now these rednecks from the outskirts of Galilee were suddenly speaking eloquently. And they were speaking as many languages as there were people groups represented in the crowd in Jerusalem that day. The people gathered in the streets from all across the Roman Empire heard the gospel spoken in their native tongues. Friends, this isn't how things normally happened on Pentecost. And people took notice. A few folks stuck to their stereotypically negative view of such rednecks from the country. They're just smashed. They're just hammered. They're all drunk. But then someone piped up and said, at nine in the morning? Well, friends, let me tell you, I've been to enough St. Patrick's Day parades <laughs> to know that 9 a.m. is plenty early enough to meet up with folks who've been drowning in, in green beer and drinking Irish whiskey for a good long while. Suddenly, one of the men in the crowd that had the tongues of fire light upon them piped up. It's not that, it's not that, it's not that at all. What you're actually seeing here before you, friends, is the fulfillment of Holy Scripture itself. Particularly what the great prophet Joel once foresaw. And next thing you know, this, this man whom some, some said was named Simon but had acquired the name Rock or Peter, quoted a longish passage from memory about the Spirit of God being poured out on the old and the young, on men and women, so that people saw visions and dreamed dreams of a new and better day that was coming in the kingdom of God. That Pentecost would be a day that transformed everything. Because on that Pentecost, the one that was disrupted, God opened up God's presence to everyone. At Pentecost, the presence of God was spread out amongst every group of people. At Pentecost, God births of movement, not just for the few, but for everyone. Jesus' death and the coming of the Holy Spirit gives every tribe, nation, and tongue access to the presence of God and the power of God. You didn't have to be a Pharisee 
or a Sadducee or a a religious elite to be able to experience the presence of God, to stand and experience God with you. No, on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit comes and dwells in the hearts of the believers and God births the church and the church has not since stopped telling the story that began there at Pentecost. Not only that, but the day of Pentecost would also be the day that God democratized salvation. Scott Hosey puts it that way in his commentary. He says that that Pentecost democratized salvation. It didn't matter anymore who you were or what you'd been through, how high or low you were on the socioeconomic ladder. All you had to do was call on the name of the Lord and you can be saved. You've got a past? Call on the name of the Lord. You've got pain? Call on the name of the Lord. You've got heartache or heartburn? Call on the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. Not that you might be saved, or you could be saved, or you you sort of put your application in a stack of applications. No, call on the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. There's no ifs, no ands, no buts, no attachments, no riders, no clauses. Nothing that separates us from the presence of God and the opportunity to experience salvation through Jesus Christ. Friends, Pentecost marks the day when the truth of the gospel is spread and made available to everyone. And here we are 2,000 plus years later And every single one of us still has access to the power and the presence of God through the Holy Spirit. And every single one of us is offered the free gift of salvation in Jesus Christ if we would only call on His name. All because of what happened over the course of seven weeks in a far-flung province of the Roman Empire that most people had forgotten about. A place where God was pleased to dwell in human flesh, to live among us, to live perfectly among us, to go to a cross and die, and then be raised on the third day so that we might not live in our sin and death anymore, but instead be raised to life. The Holy Spirit's coming at Pentecost says not only is the story true, but you as believers now have power to live as God's people in the world. That first Pentecost, a few thousand folks heard the message shared by those 11 disciples and especially by Peter and something began to well up inside of their own hearts, something that caused them to call on the name of the Lord for the very first time. And suddenly a movement that began with 11 became a revolution that included thousands who called on the name of the Lord and found salvation in Jesus Christ. Simply because they said yes because they had an experience of God's presence, an experience of God's power, and were able to say yes to the offer of salvation through Jesus. But let's be honest, friends. Not everyone who witnessed and heard all of this came away changed. Not everyone in the city came to faith that day, but everyone was certain of this one thing, that this is not how Shavuot usually went. 
This is not how we normally celebrate the day of Pentecost. Call me crazy. But in some ways, it seemed like the whole world changed on that day. Because the Spirit was present. And the people said yes. Because the Spirit was present. And the people said welcome. Because the Spirit was present. And fell upon those disciples and that crowd in such a way that it was undeniable what God was doing and what God would accomplish through them. Nothing has ever been the same since. The same Holy Spirit that came to rest on the disciples hidden in that upper room rests in your heart and in your life today if you have said yes to Jesus' offer of salvation. If you have called on the name of the Lord. The same Spirit, if you've not yet made that decision, invites you to come into a relationship. Not where you'll be punished, not where you'll be condemned, but where you will find life that truly is life. You are invited by the Spirit of God to no longer remain on the sidelines of life or of faith, but to take a step toward salvation, toward healing, toward wholeness, toward life that truly is life. But it all begins by saying yes to Jesus and yes to the power of the Spirit at work in your life and in my life. So this morning, I want to invite you to stand with me. And for us as a congregation to invite the Holy Spirit to move in our hearts, in our lives. So if you would, just stand wherever you are in your pews. Let's hold our hands out like this, just as a sign of openness and welcome. And let's pray together. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in my life. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in my heart. Take all that I am. Take all that I have. That I might carry your presence and your power out into the world. Strengthen me that I might share the good news of your kingdom to the ends of the earth. May your spirit fall on us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends. May we welcome the Spirit into our hearts and our lives today and tomorrow and the next day and the day after that, that the whole world might know the power and presence of God in us and in the world. Amen.